comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. I am Supergirl. I am the Flash. My name is Oliver Queen. I had to become the Green Arrow. Dedicated to truth. Justice and peace for all mankind. Hey everybody, welcome to DCTV Podcast, episode 106, and we are back from our long extended summer vacation. Okay, pop quiz time. Chubb, make up a really good lie about what you did on summer vacation. Go. Um, I definitely didn't masturbate. <laughs> Always starting off with a touch of class. Thank uh-huh. you so much. Daryl, quick. R- lightning round. I did masturbate. Go ahead. Okay, well, and we keep keep spiral right out of control. Keeping that high standard of of podcasting that we have. Thanks for starting us off on the right foot. Um, We have been on break, as I mentioned, and uh, we're we're getting uh, back into the group because we have a whole bunch of shows just about to premiere in about a week or two here. Uh, And joining us for the fun ride tonight is our cohort from the Walking Dead TV podcast, as well as the host of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, and uh, the host of CodeAzeek.com, and uh, writer for the young folks as well, doing reviews of Preacher, which uh, is one of the reasons we had him here tonight, other than the fact he's just an all-around cool and erudite dude, Mr. Aaron Newworth. My summer vacation, I uh, had a really nice time with my girlfriend and went to Comic-Con. I said lie. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, I didn't do those things. Ah. <laughs> How just... are you guys doing? I am happy to be here. Well, yeah, I thank you for taking your time out of your extensive appearances and modeling, you know, <laughs> things that you and uh, and her are involved in. I still want to know who the photographer is because it's amazing. Stephen Yoon is really branching out, guys. He's he's <laughs> doing some great work. He got some new filters. He just he's got a pre-order iPhone X, so we're gonna get some good stuff going on on Instagram, wow. that's for sure. Let me, you know, I missed the the Walking Dead podcast this week, um, but at, I was at the, the screening for American Assassin, and I was very close because we, we I was sitting in like a reserve seat, and I was very close to put hold, putting up a picture, um, a selfie with me in that sign saying I'd rather be podcasting because that was not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, well, don't ruin that for me. I'm looking forward to that. I'm sorry, I forgot you're a big Teen Wolf fan. Teen Wolf is the kid from Teen Wolf, the star. He is. Oh, I never watched it. <laughs> Michael yeah. J. Fox? What? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Michael J. Fox is back. He that's plays a college-age assassin. Did he stop doing movies sure. again? I didn't know this. Oh, the, the twist is he never misses. Well, never mind. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that <laughs> tonight. We're here to talk... First of all, we're going to talk about Preacher. Like I said, we're going to go through the last four episodes really quickly. Because, uh, I mean, a lot went on, but overall, I just want to kind of actually really talk about what we thought of the season overall and the way it ended sure. and all those kind of good things. Uh, also, we're going to talk about the uh, the Harley Quinn and Batman animated feature that just came out recently. Uh, Daryl and I have both seen it. Uh, I'm sorry, Rich, did you see it too? Yeah. 
Okay, great. Well, all three of us will talk about it then. And, uh, well, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know. We talked about it a little bit on Nothing Zom, but it was, uh, not what I had expected anyway. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the, the premiere dates we have. Cause I mean, we, all of our shows are going to be coming up. I mean, we, we've been on, a, we've been slacking like crazy over the summer, but we're definitely coming up on our, you know, five or six episode a week weeks, uh, for a DC TV podcast. So get into training guys, get those viewing muscles ready, you know, get your recliners in the right position, get your snacks at the right levels. Um, because we have a lot of DC TV to cover. But first of all, let's talk about Preacher. Guys, Preacher, whoa. This yeah. season, I mean, just some thoughts overall on the season, I, 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 now that it's ended. A lot of divergence from the book. I mean, there are a lot of elements from the book, but in much in the same way The Walking Dead does, it seemed like they juggled a lot of those elements. You know what I mean? The, the Preacher in the book seems a lot more forthright, for instance, than it does than, than Dominic Cooper's Preacher. I think so, yeah. yeah I, I think he's like more of the you know the, the good man in a bad situation than Dominic Cooper is do, uh, playing uh, Jesse Custer. I think the Jesse Custer in the show is a little more duplicitous, has a little more you know going on behind the scenes, you know behind behind the scenes, you know as far as plotting and scheming. Um, but then again, they you know they have they've kept the Grail, they kept Featherstone, they kept Hoover, and especially Hera Star, all from the book, obviously, and they even mentioned the All Father at one point here in these episodes. Uh, but then we have the. Yeah. They've made Harris Star. I mean, you guys are probably talking about this, but Harris Star is great on this show. Like, they, oh, yeah. I think that based off what the book was doing, where I could see that being more problematic if it was if it was an exact representation of the comic version from the '90s. I really like the kind of tone that he's arrived at in this series. Like, they, they've crushed that. I think one of the, the great um, the great dichotomies of this show and the subplots, especially, is how far. Like, what is what is more shocking? Hair star, uh, you know, being uh, uh, raped by three male prostitutes while he's looking over his files, or a redemptive arc for Adolf Hitler <laughs> uh, with the Ukraine and the Hell storyline, uh, which uh, again, none of that was in the book, um, none of the Eugene Hell stuff, and it's, it's yeah. interesting, but. Oh, I yeah, didn't know that. Uh, none of that at all. I mean, Eugene is a character in the book. He becomes Arse Face, but it's kind of a, a second uh, tier, like behind the scene, almost background character in most of the story of Preacher. Um, well, he's a rock right. star he, at one point, if I remember right. Yeah, he ends right. up becoming a rock star and uh, recording an album and stuff, and then him and Jesse's lives intersect later in the story. Um, let's bust into these episodes really quick. By the way, I just wanted to mention Aaron's been writing about each episode of Preacher uh, for theyoungfolks.com. And you can link to those reviews of every episode right there on the DCTV podcast website. So thanks for letting us link. Yeah. yeah thanks. Uh, oh, thanks for, thanks for talking about it. And it's been, it, I like writing about preacher. Uh, that's a fun one to kind of cover because I, I don't know where the show is going. Like much like the walking, the walking dead original recipe. I think there's a fun kind of like we dip in and out of what the comics do. That is maybe pretty excited about like seeing reach one goes and trying to figure out, what the plan is for the seasons overall. Well, and there's been surrogates of like certain things like, and I was thinking about this. I, w I just watched the season finale right before we started. And, um, is cause Dennis wasn't in the comic. I don't no. remember Dennis. No, there's no, no yeah, there's not. And, and, but then I was thinking about when they were in new Orleans, the whole thing with that, those wannabe vampires and then the Le Enfants du Sang, however you pronounced it, I was wondering if, like, he was an analog for that in a way. Just a different twist. There was a, I mean, we talked about this earlier on the DCTV podcast. There's a character in uh, the actual Preacher comic who was similar to, Denny, uh, to Dennis, 
but ended up having a different storyline where he was a serial killer and and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't Dennis, so I, I'm not. You, you know, you, you almost said Denis, and I think one of the running jokes is the fact that his name probably is Denis, but, like, Cassidy's such a dick father that he doesn't even know how to say his right. son's real name. <laughs> right, yeah. Probably. Because he is French. I mean, that'd be like... That'd be the I, I, I mean, it says Dennis. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so, I mean, but, like it's, like I was saying before, it's it, it, much like The Walking Dead, it's taking it takes elements, and it has like elements that are similar, and then elements that are right out of the book, and then elements that, of course, that are totally not like the most of the you know most of the storyline uh, from you know this season. Actually, if you think about it, I mean, we have like these big elements like the Grail and Humperdoo and all that fun stuff, uh, but then we also have you know the senior killer is being thrown into a, 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 a armored car full of souls and dumped at the bottom of the swamp or whatever. So. It, it, Again, you know, it's like an alternate version from the comic, like an alternate universe almost. It's the new 52 right. creature. It's the, the, the Crisis on Infinite Preachers. <laughs> Pre- oh, no, please. No more no more Flashpoint references ever. Okay. Um, number Episode number 10 was called Dirty Little Secret, which, by the way, is the name of the song that Tulip plays on Rock Band while she's hanging out with Laura Featherstone, who's trying to worm her way into her confidence. Yep. Uh, also, the, pretty funny, the singer and bass player from the band that does the song Dirty Little Secret, um, All American Rejects, is the guy who plays not only Jesus, but Humperdew. He plays both yeah. roles. So, I thought that was an interesting little thing. Um, but Featherstone huh. is, of course, trying to work through <laughs> It's all part of the Grail's overarching plan to, like, kind of, you know, separate the three of them and kind of insinuate themselves into their lives and pull them apart. Um, Cassidy uh, is having regrets over uh, giving uh, Dennis... Uh, vampirism, because he has seemed to have no control over his desires at all. Jesse tries to use his powers on Hair Star to make him reveal, uh, you know, where God is and the true nature of the Grail. He learns that it was the Grail who hired and killed the God Imposter. Uh, but it becomes clear after he meets the Pope and the Archbishop's Bishop of Canterbury <laughs> in the Grail's office in New Orleans that neither the uh, religious leaders nor nor the Grail know where God is. That God is just gone and this is where jesse meets uh, the, the descendant of jesus christ that we see born in the uh opening of this episode humperdew who just like in the who, just like in the book greets jesse by peeing all over him <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a way to greet somebody but uh, interestingly interesting point here is um while jesse's in humperdew's room he flips through a book that humperdew's drawing and it's full of pictures of a dalmatian uh, much like the Dalmatian he saw in the salon while he was looking for God uh, earlier in the series. Daddy. Yep. A, yeah. <laughs> doggy. Can we, can we doggy just say daddy. how amazing it is that, that this, <laughs> this show was able to to depict Humperdinck, let alone Surfer Jesus at the beginning, um, but like the, the way it went all about this, and there's like there was no reaction. like There was no next day like outrage articles that came out. That's how That's where we are right now. Like that, we can have a show like this that could get, could depict Humperdew, and there's no like, you know, like preacher banned by the state right. of whatever or something. <laughs> it's just like one million moms shocked by preacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I know. If anything, I think they expected it to be even worse. I, I feel like AMC after The Walking Dead feels like you know, okay, you know, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, right. I mean, I get that, and I'm like, you know, I'm all for a, it. Obviously the. I mean, the show is <laughs> far from anything resembling some kind of reality, but like, 
And, you know, with Walking Dead, it's like, it's not even skirting controversy. It's just like, is it too violent? Eh, whatever. This is like, here's a depiction of the Messiah you've never seen before. Right. And I think like years ago, you know, this show would be just like canceled. And now right. we're just like, yeah, that was a thing last night. Like, what else? Yeah, it would be like, you know, t- like a five minute thing before, you know, p- parental discretion advised. What you're about to see is brutal and graphic depictions of religious figures. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that there's so many people that are like you guys that already saw it, you know, read it, that kind of warned people. Well, I was, you know, that, to think it would be even worse than, you know, than it is. I get it. It's just like I remember when like South Park had to blur the image of yeah. Muhammad. Yeah. Like that's right. That's right. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after Jesse sees the drawings of the Dalmatian, Hair Star suggests to Jesse that maybe that, uh, you know. You could be the Messiah, dude. What do you think? And Jesse's like, nah, I don't think so. Not right now, anyway. And meanwhile, uh, Tulip is manipulated and led right to the scene of Killer's guns. Uh, And that, of course, makes her want to confront Jesse about what happened to the scene of Killer's, which he lied to her about. Um, On the episode of... Oh, I'm sorry. Jesse's a liar. No. See, that's another thing. Like the Jesse, in the, I feel like the Jesse in the book is a little more forthright than that. You know, I mean, he didn't really keep stuff from Tulip. Yeah, he didn't really give Tulip a reason. The re- the only reason Tulip ends up with Cassidy in the book is because they think that Jesse is dead. Both of them. And in yeah. the, here, I mean, Jesse's giving her multiple reasons to be driven away from him into Cassidy's arms. So. Yeah. Oh, so it well, is I'd... right that he's a little bit more um, honest. I yeah. guess. Yeah. You can say. Okay. Uh, episode 11 starts off with a scene straight out of the comic of Jesse being submerged by his grandmother, Langelle, uh, in a pond, locked inside a coffin, weighted down with cinder blocks. Um, again, right out of the book, and this is also in the book where he starts to hallucinate seeing John Wayne and stuff to help him cope with that kind of sensory deprivation. It's 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 weird how that that imagery like I haven't read the books in a while and I've been very slowly rereading them but like it's weird how that stuff stuck out to me. He's like, oh yeah, I remember that exactly. <laughs> that's that's what sticks with me. Weird child. It's an incredible uh, brutal image, you know. Uh, sure, sure. It is. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, this, yeah. The you know the scene of him being raised from the coffin at the bottom of the lake uh, uh, ties into a scene in the present where Jesse and Tulip are raising the armored truck full of souls from the swamp. Um, Tulip is piast at Jesse for lying to her, uh, but the scene of killers is already gone. And then they get even more tense because this is playing right into Tulip's PTSD that she keeps feeling about the scene of killers and about her encounter with him. Um, Hairstar reveals his plan to replace uh, the uh, Humperdew with Jesse to his agents, and uh, Jesse has like an epiphany while Cassidy is screaming at him. <laughs> That the man in the dog costume, who we met briefly when he started his search for God, might have been the Almighty after all. But when he goes to that place, of course, there's no one there. Um, Tulip goes to a smelter, smelters to try to uh, melt down the uh, Saint of Killer's guns, but finds out they can't be destroyed. So she decides to mail them to Brazil. <laughs> and I love the way she just wrapped them in, like, brown paper. <laughs> like, they totally... Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah, stamps totally right. shaped, you know, <laughs> just covered in stamps and marker. It was hilarious. Um, now, I don't know if I, I'd have to go back and look in the books, but if I remember in the books, if you held the Saint of Killer's guns, you like saw the people he was bound to kill or something. 
Or there you saw his victim. Like that. Oh, yeah, that sounds or yeah. His victim's pain or whatever. I... It was more that like you could just casually hold them. There was something that there's like a force that came right. with it, which right. makes sense, I guess. Well, and I, I'm maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I think it's flashing images of every death he caused or something like that. And then or the deaths that the yeah, guns caused. Like yeah. The point I was trying to make is there's something supernatural that happened to you when you held the guns, and none of that's right. here in, in the book in this in the show. I kept waiting for something like that to happen. I mean, Tulip, Tulip's already Absolutely. been having those flashes. Yeah. But uh, it's been it's been uh, not you know because she's been holding the guns or whatever. It's just been because you know she was attacked by the Santa killers. I, I have to say, short, short of some of these you know, admittedly cool kind of scenes where she's you know hold like dealing with the guns at the smelting place and seeing how they can't be destroyed. Tulips had the biggest problem for me this season as far as especially the back half where she had PTSD essentially from right. the saint and it just got really repetitive uh-huh. and which was unfortunate especially because it's Tulip who based off you know how she was introduced in, the, in this version of the series or the, you know this adaptation she's pretty much the most confident character on the show and so the reduced I get the idea is like okay let's kind of play around with these character types but at the same time they didn't do much of anything beyond just show her made her moody yeah, just moody week after week after week with no yeah. real payoff. To, like, there, we'll get to the other episodes, but there wasn't any real, like, oh, I finally had my second encounter with the Saint, and now I'm, you know, back to full strength. It's like, no, you just kind of got beat up again, and she feels a little better, I guess. But, like, it, it just didn't really have much of a, much to do beyond, like, just, look, this is what Tulip's doing. Like, that's it. So. Yeah, yeah. She, she did come off as the, I don't know, she's like a trope. They wrote her like a trope. Like, uh, you know, everything was it was pain with her. Like it and everything Jesse did made her mad and and you know, she just I don't know, she wasn't the fun tulip that I you know, I thought she would be. Like from the first uh, season. I thought they would have more fun with her character, but they she, you know, they didn't go. She that seems route. to me to be missing a lot of the like the, the more likable traits I liked in Tulip O'Hare in the book, like the the devotion to, to Jesse, mm-hmm. the kind of uh the kind of yeah. bad the badassness yeah. too, like the fact that she was usually like never you know, never the victim. You know what I mean? Always the one like leading with the guns in her hand, you know, in the fray. And uh, this version you know, of Tulip seems, like I said, like you said, uh, almost tropish in the way that, you know, PTSD is kind of taking all the wind out of her sails and stuff. Oh, yeah. And the, especially, you know, in these last, like, because the first season, I think she was really good as far as having that aspect to her, despite whatever changes. But all, there's yeah. plenty of changes. Yeah, she was thing. fun. She was yeah. kind of fun and kick ass. And it was Jesse who was the moody, moody uh, character. Joining us, uh, Jerry Atkinson. Welcome, Hi. Jerry. I'm glad you could join us. We're still talking, still oh, talking about preacher. Uh, so you're, you're, awesome. You joined us just in time. You have to Yay. come up with a really good live what you did over summer vacation. Go. Hey, that was. Um, I punched sharks most of the Excellent. day. Excellent. That's the best one. That's I, the best one we got. Yeah. Good. 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 I knew I could count on you, Jerry. You're always in the clutch, man. You're always in the clutch. Yeah. And then, you know, margaritas by night. So, you know, you got to keep it light, right? I mean, it's summer. I'm more about Bahama Mamas, but I feel you. <laughs> I mean, boat drinks. Let's just, sure. just blanket umbrella term boat drinks. How's that? Word. Right? Very Jimmy Buffett kind of life well, there. Got my well, margaritas and my, my sharks to punch in the nose. Awesome. So. It sounds like a fun summer. Uh, we're in the middle mm-hmm. of episode 11, where we find out that the Grail has been recording uh, prayers. And they have this, like, reel-to-reel recording of Jesse's prayers. 
including one where he begs for his father's death. Um, and Hairstar repeats his offer of Jesse taking over, you know, the job, and Jesse declines again, and tells Hairstar where to put his tapes. <laughs> yeah, with the with the voice, quite literally. Um, that was funny. Yeah, I like that one. That was funny. Uh, I don't know. Now it's seeming like a running gag. Like, like what aren't we putting up hair stars? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty wonderful. Like, I'm just saying. That's like old, that old Eddie <laughs> Murphy song, "The Butt." Yeah, I guess it is. All the different things you can put in. Yeah. There. Uh, as, uh, as a consequence, he reveals that the uh, armored truck has been swapped by the Grail to the Saint of Killers has been released by an operative on Star's order. And uh, in Hell, after seeing Hitler's worst memory of his last day as a good person, which was just... I don't... He's at a cafe, okay, right? His girlfriend breaks up with him, right? Yeah. The, and, then fi- and then all this other stuff happens, and then finally the, the guy has the last piece of plum cake or something, even though he ordered it first, and that is supposed to be the cause of the yeah. Holocaust? Yeah, it was it was very like he's just a nerd. He was though. There was a movie about like him as a struggling art student and how right. his subsequent failure may have ushered in a, a new Hitler. I mean, yeah. you don't know what what's going to lead people down a dark path. It could have just been that plum cake. Who knows? I just think it's kind of a, <laughs> kind of amazing, you know, that um he um that there's like this redemptive arc for Hitler in Hell. <laughs> <laughs> on the show, yeah. you know, it's like, um, I mean, it's it's another just like I mean, Tulip and I mean, all the characters where there's a lot of padding here to get us to the final point because we'll get to the last episode of Hitler where the whole time I'm thinking clearly there's an ulterior motive. Like this isn't a sh- there can't be a show where right. Hitler's right. just gonna be here and we're gonna feel sympathetic for him because that's right. yeah. you know horrible. There's no other way to put that. That'd be a horrible thing. Especially and I mean the show is the show is from you know it's co-developed by two Jews. Like they they know yeah. what they're doing, but at the same time, I I it's so awkward to kind of sit here and be like, all right, Hitler's supposed to be this kind of nice guy that's that's great like i i really want them to speed this especially because it's so disparate from the entire other plot it's just like meanwhile in hell right it's like i i need this to go somewhere and i'm i'm it's neat i guess seeing hell but at the same time seeing weeks on weeks of us knowing that hitler's probably going to do something but in the meantime having us manipulated to feel kind of bad for him it's like okay like this is an odd choice Hitler. i never felt bad for him once i mean bad's just, i mean yeah i'm not sitting yeah. there being like oh i'm shedding a tear for hitler but at the same time it's like clearly the show is positioning us a certain right. way even yeah. if it seems inevitable that something has oh, to, you yeah. know the other shoe has to drop right. oh yeah i feel pretty sympathetic for him i mean he was sh- that that whole scenario was shot in the most unflattering of lights i just it was, no. you know, poor Hitler. You know, he could shine and know he's all gray tones and gross. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. But oh, it, Hitler explains to Eugene that was his last day as a good person. And uh, Eugene accepts his help to escape, and they enter the hole for a back door together. Um, and that leads right into episode 12, where in the hole in hell... Uh, Hitler tells Eugene that he has to prove that he does not belong there in order to find the back door. Uh, Eugene stands up to his father, Sheriff Root, in one of the scenarios of Tracy's suicide. And it was cool. He kind of like does his own, like, like how it was almost like therapy for him. You know what I mean? Like, 
He realizes Tracy yeah, that Tracy has to yeah. own her own suicide. He realizes, you know, all, all these right. different... He, he comes to grips with all these different issues. And then finally he confronts his father with compassion instead of, you know, uh, you know, anger and hatred. And then they're able to escape through a shaft. I gotta say, because this it's been a running thing in the season. Every time we see Tracy shoot herself with a shotgun and does that, like, camera upshot of it, I... It's made me smile. <laughs> the show, the show, the show reveled in showing that over and over, over and yeah. over again. It, sure I, I, like, it just is like, oh, oh. you messed up again, Eugene. Boom! Like it just kept doing it. It's like it's very it's, Heather-esque to me. It's like it's very. I mean, she's very snarky, and it's all kind of played for. Even though it's supposed to be a dramatic moment, it's very comical. She's the a whole mean thing. girl. Yeah, play yeah it, she's it's, a mean girl. But that's what I said. It's very Heather's. It's yeah. very, yeah, like, you want to see this chick die. Corn nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this had to be, um, what's his name, Ian Coletti's, like, favorite scenes to shoot, mainly because he didn't have to wear the face, but also because he got to do, like, ever, anything else but something complicated. It's just him. Oh, I'll just sit on a bed and talk to right. her. Okay. Like, that's that's a, that's a fun day for me. <laughs> that's a nice change. How many different reaction shots, too, do you have to do over like, exactly, all the times yeah. they filmed it? Yeah. Um, we see in a flashback how the Grail secured the cooperation of the Sandu Killers by freeing him of his bit of soul and thus restoring his powers. Uh, meanwhile, Jesse declares he doesn't want to think about God anymore. He's done. Uh, after his release from the Grail, the Sandu Killers attack goes straight to Jesse and attacks him and his friends at, at Dennis's apartment, injuring Tulip, Cassidy, and Dennis in the process. But he's stopped by the superintendent from hell, who threatens to put his family in hell if he keeps it up, if he keep, you know, if he if he goes after them. And as a result, she takes him with her, and he t- she tells Jesse that he is fortunate to have Hair Star on his side. Yeah, another scalping prevented, right? Yeah, yeah. epic choke slam though. In this scene, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, my Jesse goodness! For life, man. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, off to Jesse the right fought. and then. Off. Arcing all the way down into the coffee table. That was yeah. That was worthy yeah. of the WWE for sure. He he fought hard though. Yeah, he fought hard. That scalp, like <clears throat> I was enough into the moment. Where I'm like, how is Jesse gonna get out of this? But like, that's because that scalping looked pretty rough. I was like, oh man, he's got the knife right there. He's cutting into him. This that was that was not gonna go well. And then yeah, the uh, warden showed up. <laughs> um, back in hell, the saint de- demands to meet Satan. Uh, the ambulance that Jesse uses to take his friends to the hospital belongs to the Grail and brings t- Tulip and Jesse to Hair Star, and he reveals his plans for Jesse to them, and also tells them that Jesse really does not care for them all that much. <laughs> and uh, after watching the news on TV in which the Pope announces God's disappearance and the coming of the Messiah, Jesse draws the conclusion he has no other choice but to take over God's job. He calls on Hair Star mm-hmm. and kneels before him. Yeah, Jess, Jesse's a real asshole at the end yeah. of this episode. <laughs> yes, yes, very much. I think so. that's my biggest problem with mm-hmm. it. You know, I really want to like Jesse more than I do. He does some very despicable things, kind of. The more the more they show of his background, though, you kind of see. I mean, didn't don't they do that to where they set it up to where you see why Jesse would be in fact an asshole? I mean. I agree. I no, know. I agree with that. Like I'm saying, he's an ass, but at the same time, right. it's not something I. It, it's better to me than how the show treated these, some of the other yeah. characters, where I don't oh, yeah. care. I don't care as much about Tulip or even Cat. I mean, Cassidy's fine. 
he's it's yeah. it's that's more neutral. Kit Tulip's the one I have the main issues with, where it just seems like they're stalling with yeah. him. Jesse, like I get it. Like I may not like his actions, but I, I the show's done enough with him for me to get why he's taking these right. actions. Right. See, I really like Cassidy. Um, I mean, in the, in the in the book, I was definitely Preacher was my favorite character of the book, and I like him. I like Cooper's portrayal of him, and I think that they've done okay. But I agree with Jim. It's just like he's an asshole, but he's not an asshole in the way they're portraying him here. Like, and and like Jim, I don't know if you had joined us yet, Jerry. What Jim was saying earlier, you know, about that. The the stress in the relationships are 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 really weird and not the way they were in the book, you know. Where in the book they were pretty tight knit, they take a bullet for each other up until after, you know, what happens with uh, Cassidy. But still, <laughs> no. I to me, Cassidy's shown like great growth. Like I didn't know how to feel about him. He was kind of the lovable loser Joker, but. You didn't know what the extent of his powers were, and I'm not. It was kind of a buddy kind of situation, but he's really grown. I mean, we haven't discussed all the parts I'm really talking about, but just watching his interactions with the other characters, and like you can tell, he's not good at, at showing at not showing his emotions, like Tulip, and and I keep wanting to call Preacher Raylan because he reminds me so much of um, Timothy from, Oliphant uh, from Justified. From Justified. Yeah, I can see that. I can yes. see that. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> so it's like, I feel like somebody watched a lot of Justified and then took this comic book and said, oh, well, you know what we're going to do? You know, like we're going to railing up Preacher and then that'll, yeah, Jesse will be a whole different character. He's going to be way more of a badass and an asshole. But but even Raylan had humanity, like like shining through every moment. He was going to do the right thing while being an asshole. Well, unless you're on the wrong side of the. I Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't connect yeah. those dots, but now that you've said that, it's very it, that's it they are the same character almost they are that like the swagger the i don't know the hair the, the everything i know the hair is from the comic book but or maybe it was the maybe it's vice versa maybe Raylan was based off preacher i don't know but it seems like there's a strong correlation the way both of them are on the tv shows that i can i can see and i keep keep coming back to that reference the uh, finale for season two is called the end of the road uh, the flashback that opens it has uh, Jesse as a little adolescent huckster. He's messing with tourists, lifting wallets. He gets abused by a couple of henchmen who, you know, you probably recognize from the book. Uh, and then he one day impulsively stomps on a chicken. And he immediately takes the body to his grandmother, begging her to bring it back to life. And she says, everything has a price, you understand? And he agrees. That's a good sequence. I really like this cold yeah. open a lot. I think it's, yeah. it has all the style it needs. Like, all the Angelville flashbacks, I think, are really well done. I think they really capture a, a mood and have some yeah. interesting filming going on in a show that's already pretty damn stylish. It does a lot of good stuff. Um, and there was, like, raw emotion there. Like, I was yelling at the screen, like, why would you do that? And I'm like, wow, I'm yelling at a screen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we then see uh, Jesse beginning a massive PR campaign to promote himself as the Messiah. Uh, he thinks he's going to be talking to a room full of Catholic kids, but it turns out it's just a setup for some Armenian terrorists to burst in and Jesse to single-handedly disarm them on camera, uh, but without using the voice. And then uh, Hairstar asks him about it. He says he didn't have to, but uh, 
but let's let's make sure to point out that the this action sequence, which was awesome, was scored to "My Sweet Lord" by George yeah. Harrison because that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. It was like a Robert Rodriguez directed Raylan scene. It was like, but the music was perfect to write. It's like punctuated it. I'm like, oh my god, this is awesome. I think I rewatched that sequence. It was really good. Yeah, video goes viral, and Jesse is booked on Jimmy Kimmel. Isn't that nice? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, Tulip and Cassie are like, F this, we're going to Bimini. <laughs> uh, but Tulip runs out to buy some vodka and sunscreen and ends up attacking a chauvinistic clerk at the store and robbing the place. And Cassidy, being Cassidy, sits around, smokes crack, and fantasizes about Tulip. <laughs> was the, the 80s, right? <laughs> <laughs> was the liquor store scene, did you guys, was that a bit much, do you think? Like, I... I get it, but at the same time, like, I, I mean, <laughs> it's going a bit She's far. had a lot of stress, and they really I, haven't shown her in an action sequence in a long time, if you think about it. Uh, yeah, I yeah, know. I, I kind of yeah. liked that it, it was it was kind of stepping away from her pathos, even for that for a second, I was kind of relieved. You know, like, just letting her be a badass with, with no rationale behind or no seemingly no rationale behind it. I mean, On that perspective, yes. Like, it's, it's, instead of her moping around, yes, it's a nice yes! change of pace. <laughs> Yes, yes. I mean, had it not been in the episode, it wouldn't have changed really anything about the episode. Except for except for we'd have that hanging question out there of where did that bottle of vodka come from when she was packing it in her bag. But uh, other than that, it really wasn't necessary. Well, it was showing her humanity. Like, she sympathized with the mother, and she's a loose cannon still, and she's... Still enough of a badass to do something reckless like that. I think it does, it does speak to the chaotic nature of this tulip, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Then you got Dennis. Uh, Dennis and Cassidy have a moment here where he's, uh, you know, Cassidy's like, promise me you'll be good. And uh, Dennis is like, can you be good, Papa? Can you be good? And he holds up a pair oh. of tulips underwear <laughs> that Cassidy seems to have in his room for some reason. Um, and, uh, Cassidy does not appreciate this, pushes Dennis out a window and lets him burn in the sun. I did not see that coming. I thought he was going to do something, but I didn't think he was going to do something like that. Right. Yeah, I saw something coming because, like, he started, I mean, even as far back as one or two episodes when he first got the dog and, and all of that stuff, I was like, yeah, he's going to have to off him at some point because he's not going to be able to control him. Yeah, that was that the whole tulip yeah. thing. That, I mean, for yeah. it to be tulip that set it off. I think so, too. I mean, I think there's a combination. I mean, it's that, obviously, and also just he knows Dennis is not doing... He's a dick. And he knows he... Looking at it, he knows he made the wrong choice as far as, like, letting my son die, which obviously is not an easy thing to do, but at the same time, he knows what being a vampire is and making the basically the selfish choice to be like, well, I'll give him this thing he wants because I was a terrible father and I feel bad about it. So I want to make myself feel better. But, and yeah, it's, it's shocking to see like that happen, but it, it feels similar. It felt similar to like tulip stuff for me where it's like, okay, that was a lot of setup of Dennis being like up to no good. And it just kind of ends like it ends on a shocking note, but it feels like there was a lot of work done to get very little mm-hmm. payoff. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah. 
Basically, I mean, because so let, let me tell you this. I, I'm not huge on this finale. I, I think the season itself is really good. I was really happy with season two, but the finale kind of left me feeling a little yeah, flat. Right? So it doesn't just, feel like a finale. It, felt it like, didn't, uh, right? It felt like this was just another episode and it'll take a break. Yeah. And it'll come yeah. back. Like last season, the fucking town exploded. Yeah, so yeah, it's like, well, yeah. this is just like, all right. Like, I, there's a major thing that happens we'll get to, but at the same time, it's like, like Daryl, you just said, this kind of just feels like a roadblock as opposed yeah. to a, so, a yeah, wall. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, back to the shallows of hell. Um, Adolf Hitler and uh, Eugene uh, make their way out of hell. And uh, Hitler takes off, gets hit by a car, and limps off down an alleyway and kicks a cripple. <laughs> <laughs> Way to right go, there. Hitler. It's yeah. like, okay, we got five, Hitler's going to do something, I guess. Yeah, We're right. just going to gloss over the warden of hell killing the boatmen of the river oh, sticks. Charon. Well, they're on, the, they're on the shore and they try to talk Charon and the warden of hell yeah, kills him, as, as Chubb said. I did like that scene, mainly because I just liked how weird I it loved was, it. Where, like, Eugene's talking to, to, to Charon and... And he's like, what's that horn? He's like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, they're just having this little, like, back and forth before, like, it's like, yeah, okay, here's the boat. Like, it's just so, like, calm. Yeah. And then it's killed. And then, like, it gets re. And then, like, the whole Hitler thing where it's like, okay, Eugene's. At first, he's like, okay, I'm going out of here. And then he's like, come with me, Hitler. Yeah, he comes in, kind of doubles like... back for him. <laughs> Tulip and Cassidy are piling into the car to go to Bimini. And then Tulip decides to go back to say goodbye to her pal Jenny. And then when she walks into the apartment, she realizes that Jenny is actually Laura Featherstone of the Grail. And as soon as she discovers the troop, Laura pulls a gun on her and shoots her. And Tulip is dead. Dead, yeah, deadish. That best part. The, mm-hmm. It's a good stand-up, but the best part's when Hoover comes out of the yeah. shower and he's like, "You're yes. a moisturizer," and then he wants it to Tulip. That's what blows it is that he's not the abusive guy that he was playing earlier. But yeah, that's the funny thing. Like, changes. He's like, "Oh, uh, <laughs> busted bitch." <laughs> but that's the funny scenes of the like that that his you know that part was the funny thing that it needed. Um, it just seemed weird that I don't know. Tulip is is more. Other times she seems more aware in combat than that. Yeah, like she can read the room very well, and then other times she's like, she does something like this. Or she yes. doesn't. Like, it's just, it's yeah. off on her tactical abilities. Let's, like, let's just call it what it is. Tula brought a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. She literally, <laughs> she literally did that. She literally did. There's other times, like, I, there's other times where Tula has had less to work with. Yeah. And it's killed, like, multiple people right. who are armed. It's right. like, it's almost like she's a superhero, right? When she oh, dealt with the gang. She's introduced to the show by taking down a helicopter with household yes, equipment. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. when she dealt with the mafia stuff, it was like I wasn't scared I was going to get killed. It's just that I didn't want to have to make my, I you made me have to kill you. Like that that kind of is her reaction, right? Yeah, but, like I I I I thought Tulip would be it's weird to me that she was just not in on Jenny being Featherstone the whole time or like exactly, not, like exactly. her like she should like I, I figured that she just like she knew, but she was just riding along with it because at least this person's trying to be my friend in a time that I need help. But mm-hmm. the fact that she was just like still like, con- you know, um, swindled by her through the entire they season. They made her like, the angry girlfriend. Like they turned her into yeah. she was a good like she was a, such a well-rounded character in the beginning. And then they just turned her into like almost a CW 
I'm the angry girlfriend. I forget all my training, like all the kick-ass things I can do because I'm mad at this dude. So now I'm, I'm going to go to this first person stranger that I that we just met not that long ago who does things that are suspicious all the time. And I'm going right. to get I'm going to throw that away and I'm just going to trust this person because I'm mad at Jesse. Like it just it's just you know what my off. problem was other than that, though, other than that, that's that's true. But my real problem was I at first I was like, OK, benefit of the doubt. Let's do the, the logic here. The Grail has been a centuries-old organization. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you saw how you could get killed in there for blinking an eye. Right. So these operatives are constantly on their guard, constantly being 100%. Really, you're going to leave your manual just out there by the door as you're moving? Yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah, that was just Because like I could you. see that she, yeah. she could maybe pull Tulip, even right. Tulip, because she has had to survive being undercover when she needs to have to be whatever she has to be but not leaving manuals at the door though don't leave. Right. You don't leave them period they're not out yeah. in the open forever come on you can't have it both ways either you're a tactical genius who's had mm-hmm. to go whatever that means to survive right. and to this organization or you're a dumb operative who leaves all their manuals out and gets and gets somebody gets the drop on you well, in your I own would apartment. Say that, I would say, uh, you know, as a corollary to that, you're either a bank robbing badass who is quick with a gun and never, you know, never takes a wound, or you're right. the kind of person that wouldn't hear someone in a shower or walk up behind you and cock a gun or anything and not react. It's, yeah, that's true. So it's, 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 a, it's a similar. Yeah. So we have a similar problem with Arrow sometimes. I noticed because yeah, like. That's like those, yeah, like, yeah. like, mm-hmm. is he a total badass ninja who has total situational uh, awareness, or is he a guy that can get snuck up on by a seventy-year-old man? You know, things like that. With, yeah. They and they did it with, uh, and they really do it a lot with women too. Like they did it with Thea. Right. Like you train her to be the badass, and when she's, you know, bad Thea, she's beating everybody up. She, she's ninja she's time. People. And then mm-hmm. when you, and then you do another, you know, down the line, you do another episode with her, and she's good Thea. Oh, my gosh, I'm caught. Like, I can't fight right. anybody now right. all of a sudden. I'm a damsel in distress. We haven't even talked about Gotham's problem with women. Oh, I mean, there's, there are a lot of angry girlfriend characters on Gotham. <laughs> they're all angry girlfriend characters on Gotham. Well, yeah, they're all. Pretty much except, all of their origin stories except are there, for, except angry for Fish Mooney, I think they pretty much are, you know. Really functioning emotionally uh, intact females on Gotham. Period. Yeah, and they're insane. That said, I recently I recently finished the third season of Gotham, and did Gotham secretly become the best CW it's, series? It's, 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 it's <laughs> really, really good. It's really better than a lot of people yeah. are saying it. I mean, we've been saying that for a while. Uh-huh. Like, like the, the Flash is kind of doing the same thing over and over. I, I don't watch Arrow. I heard Arrow was better this season than the it previous was. season. And, and I mean, there's Doctor Who time travel machine featuring a bunch of losers that I don't really care about on that other show, uh, and Supergirl, I guess. But Gotham. <laughs> don't demean Doctor Who by Who by putting that in there. Say insulted. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, the the interesting thing about Arrow and Flash last year was that. Arrow took Flash's trick of like the young heroes in training and trying to find their place and trying to find their footing. And Flash took mm-hmm. Arrow's trick of the angsty hero mm-hmm. trying to fight against time and death and stuff. And they didn't right. fit each other's thing. And I hope they go back 
you know, this season or whatever. Right. But we'll get to that in a minute. We're still, we still have a little bit of preacher to get through. Jesse tries to use Genesis on, on Tulip to make, to tell her to breathe, but then he confesses to Cassie it isn't working anymore. Uh, Cassie tries to make her a vampire, but Jesse holds her back, holds him back until she dies. Um, the next scene they're showing her with, they're showing them driving to Angelville with Tulip's corpse in the back seat. And, uh, Jesse turns, or Cassie turns to Jesse and, uh, says one of my favorite lines this season. There's something I want to say, something I've been meaning to tell you for a long time. I hate you. Huh. And Jesse looks at him and says, if you hate me now, just wait. <laughs> right. I did like that line though at the end. If you hate me now, yeah, I did. Like I like that. I, I like that. It's the scene before where they're like fighting and stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah. all right, I, I get this, but it just feels like it's going through the motions. It doesn't feel yeah. more uh, emotional than it. Well, Cassidy she felt Cassidy came off as more in love with her than yeah, Dude, totally. He was like a, an emotional wreck. I was yeah. like, how? I, this isn't even the Cassidy I know. I mean. He's fully committed to doing whatever it takes to keep Tulip alive. I mean, that right. with the underwear, which was admittedly creepy. I mean, I didn't, I knew he had a thing for her, but I didn't realize the extent to how much he loved her. Until oh, I that did scene. when the son was like, when the, when the oh, son yeah. would say something stuff to him, there was looks. Yeah. He was the good, the, the guy that plays Cassidy was good at, at, at yeah. throwing things out there. It, like his face, it, things his he would look at Jesse. That. Like, the yeah. way he would look at Jesse, yeah. like, he was angry at him at the way he was treating uh, Tulip right. at times. I, I agree with that. I mean, I've been seeing that throughout the season. I think uh, yeah. jo- Joseph uh, Gilgan, I think he's been doing a terrific job. With, I mean, I, I said I, he's kind of neutral. I, I, as far as the acting goes, as far as the performance, I think he's been great in the role. And I think there's, mm-hmm. it's given him very little to do beyond, be the, you know, the fun guy that has a little bit more emotion this season, which is good. That's good for character building. But as far as seeing those relationships kind of solidify as far as the show goes compared to the comic it's been a good job with him as far for me as far as seeing him having this kind of unrequited love with with a uh, tulip versus jesse who's just been kind of a dick the whole season to to her and to everybody because he's on his right. mission but uh but like jesse's like yeah like by comparison especially jesse's like i gotta let her die uh but not, don't make her a vampire we'll fight over that but you know gotta let her die uh, he missed he missed Kimmel for it, so I mean, he, he cared. Right? <laughs> but he has so a out of death free. But he has a get out of death free card in his back pocket yeah. that we know from the beginning. So oh, yeah. like, with, it's like I, I, was he really uh, saying you know screw her, let her die, or he was like, oh, this can happen. That's cool. Well, she's, she's not she's not Tulip Snow. I think we all know she's coming back next season. Oh, of for, course, for sure. Yeah, of course. Well, we're messing with uh, God and Jesus and all this stuff. I mean, Grail and everything. I'm pretty, you know, it's kind of you know it. And, and then you got that you got that last scene. You got that last scene with, with uh, God, God in the uh, cheap mm-hmm. hotel room. Walks around, comes out right. of the bathroom, and then the entire screen yeah. just dissolves into whiteness. So. Yeah, that's how I spent my summer. <laughs> just being omnipotent, hanging out in a motel, huh? All right, yeah, cool, cool, dude. It. And a dog uniform. Yeah. You're yeah. in loathing with God in uh, La- in yes. New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes, I was looking for the Bowie knife and maybe the grapefruit and all. That. So, um, instead of having to go and like go do each episode, how about we just give a letter grade as we do for just the entire second season, especially the uh, the the finale? Uh, Jerry, you want to go first, ladies first? I really loved a lot of this and like for a while the episodes were just knocking it out of the park but but yeah there was stuff that left me flat about Tulip I felt I felt the kind of letdown in the finale that I felt with like those 
crazy dramatic 80s cliffhanger finales that would get you really pissed off, but you totally had to watch the next season to see <laughs> yeah, how this yeah. was going to play out. Oh, yeah. I'm like, shot JR. Oh, no, Tulip's dead. How will this play out? So I'm like, Christ, I'm still falling for this decades later. What is wrong with me? So I'm going to have to give it a, a B for that. But I really did like, like you guys were saying, the cinematography and the, the My Son scene, the little vignettes and the different ways they would shoot like hell. And I liked the River sticks. There was a lot to like. But, but yeah, I had some serious problems. So B. For the season? I mean, I would go a little, I would go B plus on it. I, I really like season two. I was a big fan of season one. Um, it, and this is obviously just kind of move things into overdrive and also for the most, for at least the first half and then kind of, and also reduce the cast down, which I think was helpful too. And it gave you kind of this drive. And I think my only issue, my main issue, well, I mentioned the tulip thing, but I mean, that kind of speaks to the middle section of the season where after they got rid of the saint the first time, it really kind of took things down as far as the kind of drive of the show where we get that Jesse's looking for God, but at the same time having the saint run on his tail and having him like in an active search for God, that really kind of gave a momentum that la- the last season didn't have as much of. So when it took that away, it's like, okay, I'm enjoying these character things and I'm enjoying the, like, you, you mentioned the little vignettes and whatnot. Like that's, that stuff's working for me. I just wish there was a little more urgency to it. And then it sort of kicked once they got into Humberdew, which I always, I always, I always love saying. When they started bringing that up, and it gave Jesse more of a kind of a more to work with as far as where his journey was taking him, it perked up a bit. And there's still like some action stuff here. There's like a whole night vision action sequence that was really cool in one of the episodes. Oh, yeah. um, but they so like stuff like that and just the little developments here and there with the other characters, as much as I felt there was some too, a little too much padding on them, I did like the season a lot overall. I liked, and I, I'm very curious where it's going, especially if they're going to Angelville. Like, there's a lot of, and Hair Star was great. I mean, so there's a lot of stuff that's here that I really enjoyed, and I, I was never not having fun with this series. I wish there was still some little things tweaked to make it, you know, better than it is to become one of these kind of, like, top-tier shows. But it is still like one of the weirdest shows, especially on a, on AMC. It's one of the weirdest shows on television. So I'm happy on that front. The finale left me a little bit cold. So like, yeah, it's it's stopping short of being in this kind of A range, but it's still like a strong B plus for me. Um, I, I I enjoyed the this season a lot more than I did the first season, and and uh, with everything with Tulip aside, I mean that was probably the weakest part of the show. Um. I mean, I did like everything else. I mean, I did like Cassidy, especially. I did like Grail. I did, you know, like all the other characters that they they put, they added to the show this season. I enjoyed a lot. So I would give it a B minus. I mean, it wasn't a bad season. When it gets to Tulip and then it gets to this finale, that was kind of just another episode, it felt like. Um, You know, it was cool. I mean, it was cool. I mean, it's a good, it's, it improved a lot. I mean, and I expect it to to be even stronger next season with more, you know, with everything coming on, going on with with them, and probably the dynamic between Tulip and and Jesse is going to change when she comes back, you know. And I haven't read the book, so I'm just, you know, assuming um, there would be some changes to their relationship. But yeah, that could be minus for me. Yeah. Um, now, I mean. I liked the first season. I really did. But 
this season felt like they, you know, put the pedal to the metal and, you know, we're really going strong. There were some bumps in the road, but I mean, overall, it, it was a vast improvement over the first season, which I felt was good. Um, I mean, definitely this is on my short list for most improved series of the year uh, so far, but um, so I definitely want to give it an A. Uh, but I want to address the, the season finale. There was a lot of things to like about the season finale, but there was a lot of, you know, just the tulip stuff, like you said. And I mean, I did kind of, enjoy, you know, enjoy what they did with the whole, that was a really cool cold open. And then that book ended to what is happening at the end, obviously. And uh, that was cool. And some of a few other things, but there were a lot of detractors for me in the finale. So I, I'll give the season an A minus because of that. I, uh, I I thought it was greatly improved. I mean, you guys, I mean, the first season for me, like the first half of the first season was kind of a wash for me, but I thought it improved as it went along. And I thought this has improved much over that. Um, uh, much like Gotham, it seems to like really have kind of found its feet in the second season. Um, there are, I do have some misgivings about it. I have a real, real attachment to these characters from the book, and it's hard for me sometimes to divorce myself with my ideas of these characters and try to look at the show as an objective, you know, thing. I had a similar issue at first with The Walking Dead until it kind of diverged and made its own, like, identity for itself, so I could kind of separate it in my mind, and that's just my own, uh, non-objectivity, so I'm just gonna put that out there. But I, I just, um, I, I think on its own merits, though, I give it a B. I think, I can't wait for the next season because it seems to be combining two of my favorite storylines from the comics, the Angelville stuff and the Grail payoff stuff. Um, so I can't wait to see that on the screen and how that works out. And um, I, again, th- them not sticking the landing on the on the season finale really kind of bothered me. And uh, a few things yeah. here and there. But other than that, I thought it was a vast improvement over the first season. And I definitely give it a B. So. No, and I? I think it's important to say, like, I, I rated a B for the show, not for shows in general. Like, I could see what it could be and what I wanted it to be, to be mm-hmm. an A. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, I'm not just saying, like, as far as all shows, that's a B. It was a preacher B. It was, like, given the context of the the actual show. So, okay. okay. <laughs> did, I, uh, did I tell you guys what happened at the preacher panel? There was a funny thing oh, that happened. Please, I'm not sure if I told please. you the story. Okay, so at uh, at Comic Con, uh, Anna and I, my lovely girlfriend Anna and I, we were at the uh, the preacher panel in in Hall H, and there was a point there was at the Q and A section, and someone asked Seth Rogen if he was ever going to be on the show, and, <laughs> and he he responded by saying, "It's like yeah, there's a like there's a character I do want to play," and then he jokingly he added, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna replace uh, Dominic Cooper, and the show's gonna be called Rabbi," and that made me laugh. <laughs> 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 oh, God, that was. Freaking hilarious! Oh my god, get it? Okay. <laughs> He's keeping it kosher his way. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's it's not going to be a sausage fest, that's for sure. The sausage party? What was that show? I don't know. It was awful. <laughs> oh, sausage party! The Seth Rogen animated movie. Yes, so I bad. did see that. Oof, did it was that. so stupid, Oof. but in I the still, movie. Oh, you I saw it in the theater? It. Oh my god! Yeah, I took a date. I saw it in the theater too. Yeah, it was so joyfully awful. It was so joyfully awful. Sorry, guys. It was. I rolled my eyes like that whole movie. Like I almost got like half stoned. Yeah, half the theater. Just half? Yeah, you would have. Yeah. Pineapple Express, dude. 
Okay, let's talk about um, our the DC shows that are coming up and uh, their premiere dates and what we've seen, what we've seen in previews and stuff and all that. Because I'm stoked. We got some cool stuff uh, looking ahead here. Uh, premiering Gotham a little earlier than they originally scheduled, and on Thursday nights now is coming on Thursday, September 21st, much earlier than they originally um, announced. It was supposed to be. What's the What's the name of this season? Because they name each season, right? Well, it's funny because the name it. Bat Boy. I think it's called A Rise of the Sirens was what I had seen. I don't know if that's the official. Well, finally. I don't know if that's the official, some, you know, like uh, Gotham colon Mad City. I don't know if the official, you know, colon has been right. put into it. But they don't have the colon? I don't know. I don't like know. It's either going to be Gotham be colon A Dark Knight <laughs> or Gotham colon Rise of the Sirens. So it's going to be one of those two. So. I think it's. Just be honest. Gotham colon Rise of the Crazy Bitches. Just be oh, honest with us. <laughs> don't write. Yeah, I see a dark night. Yeah, I, I see a dark night here on some of them. Which makes sense given the end oh. of the right. season. Right. Which, like I said, I just finished Gotham season three. And it's it is certainly grown. It's still a show. I'm like, I'll do other things while I watch this. But it's still it's gr- It's got a lot better. <laughs> it's oh, like, it's a lot of fun. Yes. I, th- I think it's really fun. It, some of the stuff was. It's very. It's the mo- It stands out the most amongst these CW as far as like the the costume design and production values and whatnot. It's, it seems to, it really embraces the fact that it's a show about the city of Gotham, mm-hmm. and so like the less and less it focuses on Jim Gordon's love life, the better that show right. is. Well, it knows what it is, and it just it it totally gives into it. It doesn't doesn't apologize for it. It it you know it's that mixture of crazy and and. Uh, Throwing these these characters that we know, I mean, we we've heard of in the comics and and you know cartoons and and TV shows, and they kind of just go for it. For sure, but like at the same time, like Flash is a show that I think instantly knew what it was, but it's also gotten yeah. kind of it got really repetitive in doing being so comfortable. It's stalled. It yeah, it, it is a show that I don't know why, but it just pretty much stalled. Like, after the first season, uh, uh, very I'm very curious where it does in the fourth season, which I sure we'll talk about in a second. Right. But it's it's like, almost I don't know. It's almost like having so. And when I hear Belani talk about how long the seasons are, it's almost like it's so long that they just punt it. Yeah. You know, like they're not doing crap, but they're just they just punt it. Like they don't. They just keep everything stuck. Well, it's Until like the, um, end the very end of the season. It's a loose example, but it's like Modern Family, where I feel like that's oh, a show that yeah. it kind of plateaued in like the third or fourth season and just kind of oh, rode okay. on the fact that it's like, yeah, we're consistently good at doing this thing. We don't really need to shake anything up. Like that's yeah, what right. that's what Flash feels like, and I hope it changes. I hope Flash and Modern Family. It I hope they both like um, move forward. Uh, it looks like it from the promos <laughs> of what they're saying that they're going to do that with Flash, but we'll see. Getting back to I'm, Gotham, and I, I yeah. see the poster, like, it actually is called The yeah, Dark Knight. Yeah, I see it all, too. Like, yeah, that's, I was going to say, it says it's for the first half of the season will be a Dark Knight. Yeah. And, oh. it will, and will be, it will be based on The Long Halloween. And the second half, they oh. haven't said the name yet, but it'll be based on Year One. I like The Long Halloween, that's so epic. Year One? How long is the show supposed to go with just young Bruce Lee? I don't know. <laughs> I, I see some... God, they're going to... I'm sorry. I had seen some promotional material uh, earlier that it, it had, was, uh, was emphasizing the, the female characters, so I think that's might, might have been might have been why I conflated that. But yeah, it is a dark night. I'm looking at it now. Uh, Chubb, I saw like right before we began to um, record, you posted something about the Riddler's Riddle video. Did you uh, you want to tell us about that? 
Well, I actually haven't gone, but I just watched it right then. It came through right when we were getting ready to start. Um, I need to go back because it, it's basically just the Riddler putting up a riddle. But they're at some point there are these, yeah. at some point there are question marks flashing in it, and the article said at the bottom, but we were already recording by the time I read this part, um, that in those question marks it flashes the answer. Um, but I haven't gone back, which I will after we're done recording, to see what the answer is. Okay. <laughs> Um, it's on our Facebook. Yeah, it's on the Facebook page. So if you page, want to check, check it out for yourself, yeah. Um, so podcast fans, I mean, we're just going to leave you hanging until the next episode. I mean, you know, that's what we do to, here for the family. You have to check it out yourself. It's, it's our AR. It's our AR component. You have to like go from the podcast <laughs> right, to the yeah. Facebook group to find out what it is. So yeah, it's right. all, it's a synergy. Of- synergy. A couple things I wanted to because because I am not on this show often so I, I wanted to talk about Gotham a little bit just because I I watched the, I literally watched the finale like yesterday and so Butch is Solomon Grundy yeah, that's the thing yeah. that's what we're going with yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah <laughs> that threw it. me off I was like because like he got shot in the face and I'm like mm-hmm. oh they finally killed that Butch guy who means nothing to me and it's like he's Solomon Grundy that's what they go with that I never would have caught that and no uh, and like. Is Barbara dead now? Oh, like, I don't, no. I, don't, I just no. don't she know what just to think. Like, uh, She was just electrocuted. No. I'm sure she'll be fine. I'm kind of guessing she's going to be end up being like a proto-Harley. That's like my... She's only Gotham dead. Hmm? She's only right. Gotham she's dead. She's only Gotham dead. Yeah, ask, ask Jada Pinkett Smith <laughs> about that. Yeah. <laughs> and she died too. She's like, died twice like, now. Like, they can't... <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a lot of things going on in the last like couple of, and it got really do- like like the whole town got infected. It was like this is oh they're really good. This that's why I was saying like did Gotham secretly become the best of ECW like shows even though it's on Fox? It's like cause it's it's it got it did some stuff like it made some moves that I was not yeah, expecting. It was, it was super fun. It's been improving like I said since like the second the first season was a little sluggish, a little was, problems. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's a rough, yeah. a little rough. But I mean, second season and third have been really great um it, it, it i don't know i better. don't know i don't know how aaron you're so surprised because i'm sure as a fan you were listening to the dctv podcast every week and hearing these great things about so no, what, no 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 he has people transcribe it for him so you can read a hard a hard oh. copy of it so yeah, no, I, I mute the parts that have Chubb in it, so it like it's really, <laughs> it gets really complicated to hear like exact conversations. So I, I just kind of like, and, and much like Gotham the TV series, I kind of half watch or half listen to the TV. <laughs> uh, if you half watch the show, you only need to quarter listen to the podcast, right? <laughs> Yeah, the, the Daryl Jim parts are the Daryl Jim parts. So you're just ex- you're just excluding the female and fat guy population of the podcast. Well, you okay, two I tend to over talk each other, so it's hard. So it's like I got to just mute it all. Like that's the only solution. <laughs> I am very much kidding. I when I listen, I I do enjoy. But yes, because I was behind on Gotham, I honestly just wasn't. I didn't have a. I didn't want to you know spoil anything for myself. Not. That said. There was some there were some big developments there. I was like, oh, this is this is doing stuff. Like, I still think the show's good and not like, yeah, great, but like it, it had some it made some moves that kind of took me by surprise. And I like seeing what's his name. Um, we should talk about Justified Raylan's father um, as the uh, as the um, the like the, the not the Court of Owls guy, but the the guy behind the court of the oh, other yeah, guy, the, the, the guru or whatever the, yeah. the guru guy. Yeah, like. Uh-huh. 
not the ancient one. Oh, so it's on Thursdays now, right? So do you think that's because they have all the CW shows on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? You think that's why they moved it? It might be. It might like, be that, the case. Was, that's the only thing that makes sense to me, where it's like, we don't want the we don't want Supergirl and Gotham cannibalizing each other, so might as well just come on different days. Hmm. Yeah, I mean... Because it, isn't Legends of... To, whatever, what's it called? Le- is it Legends of... Legends of, uh, Legends, uh, Legends Jerry of calls it Legends of the Lane. <laughs> is it Legends of Tomorrow? Legends of Tomorrow, actually, yeah. I said that in my head, and I was like, that can't be it. That sounds terrible, and that's actually the name of the show. <laughs> um, that's but, the name of the show. But that's on, that's on Tuesday, right? So, like, after Flash, that I think, that I think it's, Yeah, I think that is going to be moving to Tuesday. Arrow is going to be on Wednesday. And, um, yeah. yeah. So it seems like they're just, because they're all the same, even though it's different networks, they're all on the same, like, they're all they're all WB shows, right. essentially. So I think and that's why they got them on different We're going to have uh, Monday's uh, Lucifer, also on Fox, will be coming back on October 2nd. Um, and also on Mondays will be Supergirl. Now we all, we heard like Tom Welling was added to the uh, cast of Lucifer, uh, the the, uh, the guy who played Clark Kent on Smallville, yeah. of course. And there was a sizzle reel from Comic Con, but a lot, it's one of those things, much like the CW shows did, where there was a lot of footage we had already seen, and then like a little bit of stuff that we hadn't. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot there to show us what's going to be happening in season three, but there I mean, there were a lot of. I mean, they, they resolve things in an interesting way at the end of season two with this mom and everything. It's going to be interesting to see where they go from there. If they lean more into the procedural now that that kind of, you know, more mystic storyline, supernatural storyline has been toned down, or if they lean more into the supernatural or, you know, I just hope they, they, they keep the, the really, um, interesting, uh, medical examiner character because she has really kind of made that show for me lately. Uh, her and uh, and uh, Mazikeen, those two characters are really kind of well. It's, and it's time to tell Charlotte who he is. I'm 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 over the she doesn't get it. She doesn't know. From the previews, she does. He does from the previews. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So so, so I don't I don't watch Lucifer, but that's a thing. The the main female character does not know that Lucifer is in fact the Lucifer. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's told her many times. That seems like. That, that seems like no, day one stuff. That seems like know, the pilot's like, hey, guess what? I'm the devil. Let's hang out. Like, and they got <laughs> no chemistry. Like, that's the thing, too. Like, he has more chemistry with his psychiatrist than he does with the woman he's supposed to be in love right. with. Like, that's his thing. He has more chemistry with everybody else in that cast. The supporting cast yeah, really yeah. makes that show. Uh, Rachel Harris is a psychiatrist yeah. um, you know, from The Daily Show or whatever. I mean, the supporting cast really is what makes that show because... Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, Vanessa Germain, the lead, the lead uh, female character, really has no chemistry with with uh, the character play, uh, the uh, actor oh, plays Lucifer at all. And she's just very bland and just. Like, and Daryl, you're thinking Chloe, not right. Charlotte. Charlotte's Charlotte's mom, mom but yeah, I'm Chloe kidding. is the, okay. the character we're talking about. It's yeah. Just like this bland cipher of a character in the center of the. They show. write her so one dimensional. Yeah. Like she could be the girl. She could be the the the, the girl that the. The lead character pines for in every uh, '80s show or movie yeah. or but, TV I mean, show. Like that's what she is. They go no further than than naming her stats. Like this is her, what her mother does, what her father does. You know, she's good at this. You know, she has a kid. Like you throw that out there. There's not much the, to her. She, she showed her boobies in a movie. She's once. the least interesting character on the show. Yeah, and, she, and she's yeah, supposed yeah. to be the love interest of Lucifer and Tom Ellis. Incredibly charismatic, does a great job as Lucifer, I think. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, DB Wood, oh, Woodside is, oh, is great. great as a Mendiel. You know, um, 
But I need yes. somebody to hit yeah. back. I, like I need, I need you, like for Lucifer. Why I'm so lukewarm on Lucifer still, and I don't want to be, but it's just the way it is. Because the lead, the other lead for that show, he gets nothing back from it. Like he gets all right. the stuff, and it's just like he's throwing it at the wall. And 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 they don't write her as you know someone that can you know. And she's like, oh, I'm a cute girl. I can be funny, and then she'll be the cute girl looking awkward trying to be funny type thing so it's like yeah, eh. I think the only time I, I kind of felt her was when they had the girls night and yeah. they all got she like, drunk. drunk she acted yeah. like a human being then you had to be but drunk had- to act like a human being and I'm like if you're a cop you're not going to act like a supermodel that's never done anything in your life you, like you're you're a cop in LA right you'd have some kind of depth to you besides you know especially if you're a very attractive cop you have to go through a lot of shit from other dudes to, to earn all your shield. Hmm? Right? All TV cops are super hot, with, with few exceptions. I know, and even mm-hmm. in real life, there are, you know, cops that are attractive that I, you know, there are a couple of cops that I, I know because of... Because um, of watching have, Chicago PD like, all the time, Daryl? <laughs> but I mean, I have they best, really, you know some attractive cops, do you, though? <laughs> one of my best friends was a CEO, and they know a lot of cops. They've, they've kind of known a lot, and going to a couple of parties... And barbecues, you you get to see cops. And I'm like, there are some beautiful cops out there. But when you hear what they have to go through because they are attractive, it's it's a lot of shit. They have to, I mean, they have to go through a lot of bullshit to to um, to earn their 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 shield because it's so much. You know, oh, you're cute, so you know, there's only one way you got this job. You know, like and it really is like that. So it's interesting to hear that. Like I want. Like I wish they had talked to real female cops that have gone through stuff, you know, and throw that in there because they're very funny. Like they, that's another thing with that is they know how to take jokes very well because they have to hear every sexual. It's like they have to hear all the Chubb's jokes every day, all day. <laughs> Whoa! To a Wait, point where you're that? immune to it. It's like any dick joke you have, they oh. like I heard it. They heard they've heard them all. Like they they, <laughs> they have heard them all from their own partners, from other cops, from criminals they have to deal with. Like they've heard it all. So there's so much you can mine with that, right? She should be such a well rounded, cool kind of, you know, person because she's dealt with all that. Like Lucifer shouldn't be nothing to her. Like any any sexual thing he says to her, it's like Whatever, man. I've I, like I've dealt with this already. You are you're just a pretty dude. There's nothing like there, there's nothing to you yet that entices me. Like they could do that route, but they just they just went lazy with her. Well, and I also don't buy a lot of the whole her and her ex. Oh, Those yeah. two don't work together either. Even though oh, that's they why they have no ex, chemistry. But I mean. They try to force some sort of yeah. like cheeky chemistry into it, and it's they don't have it. just bad. Yeah, just bad. And she plays had... more like the Hollywood actor than she does. He plays more of the narcissist than she yeah. ever does. Yeah, you're right. Mm. So get excited for Lucifer season three, October second. <laughs> pick any of those quotes for the back of the Blu-ray. He's here. He's coming, and he's the Antichrist. Oh, wait, Despite no. all that, Aaron, there are things that we really do like about the show. <laughs> right. Yes, right. there are. It's it's comedic value is significant. Yes. Yeah. And that guy's hot. So yes. And Maze is. Oh. 
Absolutely, I concur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, season three, one week after one week after Lucifer premieres, uh, season three of Supergirl premieres. Uh, Girl of Steel is the name of the episode. We have some interesting additions to the cast, including uh, Odette Annabelle as uh, I guess going to be the nemesis uh, this in this season. Uh, Rain, uh, Calista Flockhart's confirmed back as Cat Grant. Carl Lum. Did you say Rain? Did you say Korean pop star Rain? No, Rain is in uh, the Rain of oh, Rain of King. It's also the name of the character. Don't get Don't get me excited like that. I'm sorry, I didn't realize you. Were, I didn't realize you were so jazzed <laughs> over K-pop over K-pop. Thing. I know. I had no idea. Hey, oh, if you told on. me that Rain was, I just watched Speed Racer not too long ago, also. Oh, uh, really? But if you told me Rain was joining the cast of Supergirl, I'd be like, "What?" <laughs> the air is about to break out, start dancing like they do in the pop <laughs> song Speed Racer. The, movie, yeah. the ninja assassin oh, himself, yeah. he's oh, here. Yeah. Uh, Carl Wombley is going to be joining the cast. It's uh, Marin Johns, a relative of uh, John Johns, of course, and Morgan Edge oh. from the comics is going to be joining as uh, Adrian Pazdar. Um, be playing Morgan Edge, so that's, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, but I'm not gonna watch the show anymore because they're bringing back Monel. Are they? I didn't hear. I had not heard that. They did say. It. They said there's something really? about Monel's coming back. Yeah, there is gonna be a Monel. Um, I, I the rumor I had heard is that the big crossover is gonna involve the Legion somehow, and that that's how that's yeah. where Monel's gonna be, but only in the crossover. I did not hear he was coming back for reals. So. I hope you're wrong because he was. Well, not to stay. I don't know if to stay, but they did say he's back, coming yeah. back. It's, well, Daryl, yeah, Daryl won't be on those episodes. Of... <laughs> no, I can't do, can't do it. Can't do it. Is um. So I don't watch Supergirl. Is is Superman a main character? Or does he no? He's on every few a few episodes. Yeah. I think he was on like two or three yeah. episodes. Um, like he was at the no. the midpoint of the season. I think they had a couple episodes with him, and then he was at the season mm-hmm. finale. Just a small. You know. They've used him sparingly. Yeah, yeah he's the. But he's they've the used the him team. well. They've right. used him really well, yeah. and yes. that actor yeah. is very good as Superman. Tyler. Uh, Tyler. Tyler, Tyler Hoffman. Yeah. Right, he's right, a very right. good Superman. So. Is um he's a great TV budget too. Yeah, man. totally. He is. He is. <laughs> oh he's a well put. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying he's a good Superman. Period. So. Where is uh Where is the show set? In National City. Like, um, National uh, City. Right. Yeah. How big is the East Coast in the DC it universe? Because there are a lot. Pretty of big. Oh, it's pretty big. Pretty big. Pretty big. Pretty big. big. Well, after isn't it, National City kind of like an analog to Washington D.C. in a way? I think if I remember the handbook, because they do have a handbook of cities that it's equivalent to, like they base it on, and I think, yeah, I think her city was more like D.C. Yeah. Where, where's Flash? Starlight City? What is it? Starlight City? His city was Starlight. supposed to be like Detroit. Yep. Flash is no, supposed no, to be Detroit? Star city is no, Arrow, city. Star, Star city is Arrow, and that's supposed to be like Detroit. Arrow. Right, 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 right. That's, so that makes yeah. that makes. Flash is in Central City, which is supposed to be after Cincinnati, Chicago. Right? Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Okay. Chicago. All right. Yeah. All right. And then it's a lot of water. And then there's, right. uh, oh, if I remember yeah. correctly, there's also Opal City that they've mentioned on the shows, and that's based on San Francisco. Yeah. So. Yeah. Where's Green Arrow? Green, Green Arrow's, Arrow's like in, in Star like LA, City. Right? He's in Star City. Which is like, is that like, like LA? Detroit. No, sorry, no, Green, no, uh, sorry, uh, Green Lantern. I mean, Green oh, Lantern. Green Lantern. He's, 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 in, he's in Coast City, which is supposed to be like L.A., yeah, San like, Diego. Yeah. Okay. Where's What's the Miami of these universes? Uh, my, <laughs> I want to get all I these guess straight. Miami? I guess <laughs> Miami? Yeah, I think Miami is just Miami. Because yeah. all those other cities, the real cities, exist in the D.C. universe, too. It's just 
because you'll hear them mentioned or see them mentioned. That's why that's why it messes me up. We're like watching like I don't know, like BBS, and they're like at the Capitol. It's like, wait, so there's Washington D.C., but the, like, what what's going on? I, I don't understand. Um, the Flash comes back on the next night with an episode called The Flash Reborn. I guess no no mm-hmm. surprise there. Again, there was a sizzle reel at Comic Con that showed us a little bit of uh, of footage. And then there was a 30-second teaser trailer that just came out this week. I don't know if you guys saw it. I did. I, I did. It. I, I saw know. a screenshot. <laughs> I definitely saw a screenshot. Barry's got a beard. Yeah. Say it like Craig, Daryl. I uh, seen it. I seen Say it. Say it like Craig. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I think he lost his memory the way the implications are going. Yeah, the way they shot it, 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 it there was definitely the implication in there that that was what happened. I don't know. I hope they explain because they went through such a big thing of you got to have a flash in the yeah. speed and the speed force, which makes no goddamn sense maybe, to me. Maybe ever. that's how they'll get rid of Jillian. They'll throw him in there because he is he's dead weight now. That's true, uh, and we we know that we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get uh, Damn it. Uh, what's her name? Caitlin. Caitlin back. I mean, as Caitlin, she has a necklace, so I guess that'll be her. I think she's going to be kind of uh, halfway between, though. And we also see Cisco in the trailer as well. Um, well, did you see the big necklace? I think uh, that's her uh, inhibitor. She just likes gaudy jewelry, dude. Oh. Yeah, I think that's. But we've heard that um, Neil, Neil Sandalins has been um, cast as the thinker, and they're going to. They they've heard the fans outcry. There is not going to be a speedster villain in this uh, season, right? Because um, they've done that. The so they past, say. Well, the, yeah, the past two seasons they've done that. Uh, well, at least till the finale. Yeah, and then they'll be like for the setup for right. next season will be a new speedster. Yeah. Right. right. I, I'm most curious about how they're planning to make Tom Cavanaugh ham it up this season as Harrison Wells. Like, is he going to be well, super? The, um, the, like, well, that, the, the hammy the hammy version of Harrison Wells died at the la- at the end of last season. Well, they're oh, all hammy. They're just different emotions. Well, it's gonna—he's gonna be a dead character. They're gonna carry around with them. He's gonna be like uh, weekend, weekend of Bernie. Like they're gonna weekend, weekend of Bernie's Harrison Wells. Yeah, he's just gonna sit there in shades, and they're gonna talk to him, and you know, things gonna be happening. But he's just gonna stay dead. That's a fun version. It would be right. It would be cool. They just left him in the corner. He's just. I've, I'm also Aww. curious how far they're going to stretch the budget for Gorilla Grodd episodes this season also. A cup of coffee. <laughs> I think he's supposed to be in another show, too. If the I Gr- remember Gr- right, Grodd he about... No, they, I think he might be in Legends. I think he's he, supposed to be in no, Legends. He's, he's in Lucifer. It'll be, the, it'll, it'll be the, gr- the gritty origin story of Gorilla Grodd. Oh, man. Shot by Darren, shot by Darren Aronofsky. Uh, is no, the shark no. still? What's the shark's name? King Shark. Hello. King shark. Is the shark? Is the shark yeah. still alive? Oh, he's coming oh, back. back. Uh, give Give them just a buddy episode of just them. Oh, <laughs> that'd be cool. Shark and gorilla. Funny story. There is yeah, a story with story. that. He's one of the he's one of the sharks that I learned how to punch over the summer vacation. So. Oh, okay. Oh, it to, Call now back. it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. But uh, you know what I mean? He just misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Also on the, Great spot. Also on that Tuesday night will be the return of Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the night after that will be the return of Arrow. Yay! <laughs> we'll finally get to see who survived the big explosion at the end of last season. Nobody died, except McCall's hair got burnt off, so you don't have to worry about it anymore. Diggle? I just like naming the character. Oh, the, the oh, braid master. No. 
Grade master. Mr. Terrific. This is too terrific. Yeah, it's terrific. Because he, he, his hair won't be braided, and then they'll get ready for action, and his hair will be instantly braided. All right. So they just burn <laughs> it and off. And then they'll come back from action, and they'll be unbraided again. And nobody yeah, says a right. word. Like, it's not like, okay, we're ready for action. Oh, wait, we have to wait for an hour while he braids his hair. <laughs> I always want to, I, I think about it like I, I totally want to, like, tweet Berlani every now and then. I get the urge to do it. But I, he gets so much shit from people about stuff, it's like, nah, it's not worth it. I just hope they don't keep on using him. If they're going to use the character, don't have him be a punching bag. Have him be Felicity's backup or something, you know? I think he should go back to just tech support. I think he was great at yep. that. He was. I think he totally was. He plays off. He... And now Felicity's in the field. He, they totally need a hardcore tech support. Yeah. And he plays off Felicity very well, so. Very much so, yeah. But um, that was her I'm going to make my prediction now. Definitely the uh, the mother of Arrow's kid is dead from the island. Oh, she's, she's done. done. As soon as she said, as soon oh, as she yeah. said, uh, please forgive um, Oliver for you know for not telling you it's my fault, right. not his, I was like, yup, you are dead. And, you are so and dead. And I think they're going to think Artemis is dead, but she'll end up popping up in season seven at some point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. So that's that's it for those, right? But then Black Lightning comes next year. Is that what's happening? Black Lightning is either. I, I think they're they're trying to get that in the spring. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've already, we've so. already got a, a trailer out for it. Um, well, they have arcs. It's like the Black Lightning, the Beatus arc, and then there's Black Lightning, Can't Catch a Cab arc. And there's the what? It's the arcs. I'm not. It's not my fault. That's. That's the city. But that's like, that's the next one, right? That they're adding in? Yeah, they're sliding it into the. Okay. You know. And then the show is always going to be late. Never... Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> CPT. Well, it's on oh, CPT. My goodness. It's on CPT. So I can say it. I'm black. I can say it. Anyway. That's I can say a... that joke. Um, I'm ethnic. I think the I biggest thing we're CPT. all happy about with the new season of Arrow is they promised us no more flashbacks. We will see if they keep this promise up. No more island either, right? I think they blew yeah, up the island. island. They can't do anything else with the damn yeah. island. They, they blew oh, st- they, there couldn't be a better gift they could give us. Then no more flashbacks. And that. That and no more island. Both of those things. And Deathstroke. That, no more island and no more Lauren ever. Just no more. Okay. Uh, no, they did say that they still kind of maybe want to do something. Really? There. there was hints of it. Jesus. You didn't read the uh, the time stuff. Hope springs eternal. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's not gone. I'm incredibly psyched for Black Lightning, and even though it isn't coming until 2018, oh, I, I love the I love the idea of like an older, I mean, the older guy trying to like you know shepherd his kids and all oh, that man. kind of stuff, and it's great. They got James Remar in the cast. Um, yeah, I saw he, that. That excited. I was like, yeah, he ices cool. his knees like I do because we're old. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, next year's got, you got Black Lightning, Black Panther, Black Lando featuring Han Solo. There's a lot of things coming out. That are really cool. <laughs> featuring Han Solo. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, you saw that, right? Okay, well, those are all the shows we're going to be covering. Um, stick with us and we well, that, will be. Well, um, thanks for joining us, Aaron. I appreciate that. We're just going to do a quick review of Batman and Harley Quinn and be out of here. Yeah, cool guys. But yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Can, uh, of course, I'm uh, happy to. You can hear Aaron on uh, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, uh, where they review all the latest and greatest in movies. 
Uh, they also do cool commentary tracks where sometimes Brandon uh, Peters and myself hop on and see uh, watch a cool movie with Aaron and make pithy and snarky comments about it that are fun to listen to. As well as a good amount of knowledge. Yeah, we, yeah, we bring some science. That's right. We drop some science. Uh, yeah, I'm on, and I'm on the DT. What when I and mostly I can when I'm on the Walking Dead TV podcast. I'm happy to you know talk about Fear the Walking Dead, our favorite AMC show ever. <laughs> um, so it's. <laughs> I, like, I still like it better than Turn, but you know. That's just personal taste, but <laughs> it's better than Low, it's better than Low Winter Sun. It's, it's better than the, it was yeah, it was better than the Prisoner remake too. So, Did you actually way. make it past Prisoner the first remake. season of Turn? No, I haven't. Yeah, because I I really I really dug the premise of that show until it aired. So <laughs> I want and, and I I stuck it out through the first season, and then I just can't believe it stayed on as long as it did. So thanks a lot for joining us, Aaron, and we'll see you on the Walking Dead TV podcast or not before. Uh, I did not see it. Can I tap out as well? You, yeah, you, you ain't going to hear nothing that's going to help you in your life nope. at it's all. It's going to be a quick one, too, Once dude. Really? About. It's going to be a quick it one, too. Ain't nothing good to say about us. Ain't nothing going to be I liked good. it better than these I'll two, but they, they're, they're right. Well, it's okay. a it's a chub type of thing. Uh, there's a fart scene that lasts about ten oh, fifteen minutes a, in, the, a, in the back oh, car. There's a sex scene too. Lots of phallic imagery. There's no. a, there's a sex With scene. Nightwing, Nightwing and oh, Harley. Harley. Oh, another thing. Harley takes some vicious dumps. Mm, she does. Uh, she, you know what? I I feel like I've watched it already. You guys are yeah, the best. Yeah. Later. Yeah. You <laughs> saved you an hour and fourteen you're minutes. You're you're yeah. welcome. And uh, you're welcome. a vicious dumps. They. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, Jerry. Thanks. No problem. Okay, so Batman and Harley Quinn. Uh, Bruce Tim returns to Batman, and we have like a lot of the original cast. Are we sure about that, though? Are we sure about it that? It says here. I'm, not, I'm there, looking Jerry? at IMDb. It says right here, Bruce Tim story by. Yeah, but do we have proof of life that he was a conscious? That's what I'm saying because I've got the Blu-ray right here, and it says it too, but. I had I, I remember as I was watching it, I had to look back to the case several times going, Are we sure Bruce Tim did this? I don't know if he did this. I think something I think someone uh his his unemployed brother or something <laughs> kidnapped him or something. It's, it's, did his own thing. Uh, Brock Tim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he, Fredo. He's like, I'm smart. I, I, can I, write can do, I can write things. I can do stuff. I'm not dumb <laughs> like they say. I'm not dumb. I can do this. We um we got a lot of the well here. Let's talk about the good things first. We got a lot of the original voice right. cast. Okay, Kevin Conroy back again. Yes. Classic Batman. Lauren Lester back yes. as Nightwing, which is cool because yes. he was not Nightwing in a lot of the uh, the other uh, Batman uh, centric ones. It's great to hear that voice right. again. Kevin Michael. The animation was good. Yes. Too. Kevin Michael Richardson was in there. I mean, he was on the BTAS right. quite a bit. John DiMaggio, who played Joker in Return of the Joker, and a lot of other voices, of course. Mindy Sterling, who's done a lot of uh, Warner Brothers animation. And Rob Paulson, mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, it's like pretty much the right. almost the, all the WB uh, cartoon voice all-stars here. In the first ten minutes, it almost felt like it was a continuation of the Batman animated series. For the first 10 minutes, like, yes, I agree. Yeah, for the first 10 minutes. It felt like that. I was, I, It got me jazzed. I was like, wow. I was like, what is Jim talking about? Maybe this that's just great. <laughs> maybe that's the part... <laughs> Maybe that's just the part Bruce Tim worked on. I went through a lot of emotion with this. I was like, 
What? I did too, man. I was psyched for it. I was totally psyched. Awesome. I was like, and it was dark too. It was like they they threw things in there, like when he shoots out a blade, like you know, blades come out of his arms, you know, Photonic Man's arms, and he, I mean, they they they, they, he kills people, like he, Mm -hmm. he killed some cops. Yep. And and security guards like they threw that in there really early. I was like, whoa! It was, um, uh, was kind of like the style of the old animated series, but then the violence level of the newer animated features. Yeah. The um, the premise of the story is Floronic Man and Poison Ivy have teamed up. Great idea. He's like, dude, Poison Ivy. I mean, we're both plant people. And hey. He did get high because when he shared that magical root with Poison Ivy, yeah. she got mm-hmm. high. Yeah. yeah, they did. So I, it makes me think that whoever wrote this got high. Oh, for sense. sure. It makes sense. For sure. That seems because really they legit. Didn't know what, they didn't realize what Tony wanted to be because part of it felt like it was like, it'd be cool if we did like a Batman 66 kind of thing, right? So they went really silly. Mm-hmm. And then there were part of it that was like, let's get dark with it. Let's get like dark humor where they're killing people. You know, like they're, you know, like people are dying. And then it, and then it's, and then it's like, oh, but we like the Batman animated series as well, so let's let's keep that in there a little bit. And it's like it didn't do any of it well. Like it didn't like it. If they had went Batman sixty six and went silly with the whole thing, fine, you know, like. But it didn't stick to any tone. It just kept changing as it went. I agree. And it and it just felt so off to me that I I like the dialogue was off, the creepiness was like I get it. I get the I mean, you know, like some sometimes I don't know what it is with with some writers with these things where they want to they can't go fully dark with this, but you could tell that they want to because the sexual scenes with Harley where there's implications she ties up Nightwing to the bed and she the implication is she's going to have her way with him but then in the dialogue later they say oh we just made out Mm -hmm. but then there's other implications that there was other stuff going on as well like it was like Two dirty old men were writing it at the same time, and then, and, then, and then someone's wife came home and said, "Oh, you better change that. We can't have that going on in this cartoon. This is not a, a rated R cartoon. You better, you better flip it." And so they changed some of it or in the dialogue without taking it out of the cartoon. And then, like the scenes where, like, and I kid you not, audience. There's a scene where where Harley's in the Batmobile with Batman and Nightwing, and she says, "I ate, you know, I should, never should have ate this food. It's it's coming back on me. I gotta go to the bathroom. I got, you know, I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta go to the bathroom." And Batman's like, "You hold it, you know, because I'm Batman. You know, I'm tough. You hold it, you know, because I'm being Batman." And Nightwing's like, "Maybe we should let her go to the bathroom." So she lets out a long fart. It's a gag. The fart is is a bad one, right? And then and then uh, Nightwing's hole in his nose, and I'm saying this because it's not a two minute scene. This is like five minutes. Yeah, it's long. This is five minutes for the scene. That's what got me. And then he's like, "Oh my gosh, it's terrible." And then he makes a joke about uh, what she eats, and then she farts again, a long fart again. And then they're driving, and then finally they cut, and. 
they park the Batmobile and she goes to use the bathroom. I think she gets one more squeaker out right before. Right, yeah. she squeaks it in, and then eventually it's so bad. Because at first, Batman even says something where he smells it so he knows what she ate. Uh-huh. Like, he's that much of a detective. Do you remember It that? was very says, uncomfortable, the whole sequence. It, and I and like fart like, humor, and it was just uncomfortable. Fart humor was fine, but for Batman to be like... Uh-huh. Oh, uh, you're right. You <laughs> Yeah, like that. Like, what? What are you doing? So, like, I if this was the Adam West, if they went full Adam West with it, I could see them do a joke where it's like, and he's like, oh, you should eat like cleaner food or something. You know, like that. That'll be a joke that would fit the Bat Batman sixty six. He would say something like that, right? But it doesn't fit any of it. it. Doesn't fit any of that. And then he stops the car, and of course, it cuts to her. Going to use the bathroom, going to take a, you know, going to use the bathroom, then come back, and then, but that gave nothing to the scene, like nothing to the, nothing to the scene at all. They go to hook up with uh, uh, one of the a henchmen or something, one of the, one of, the um, of uh, another criminal or, or whatever that she knows, so they can get information to find um, her, uh, Ivy. It turns into a singing thing out of nowhere, like they go to this club. She's supposed to be waiting to talk to the guy. All of a sudden, she's up there and she's singing. These two criminals, one of them is like Iron Batman. That's when it's like they wanted to be Batman. I think they were trying to channel the Batman 66 episode where he drinks the water. He does the Batutsi and he drinks the milk at a, at a bar. Mm-hmm. You know, the running joke is he orders a milk. Right. right. Um, you know, like I saw, like I saw, they were trying to do that, and it, and it was like they didn't even do that well because I've seen those episodes. Not like I have never seen them. I've seen those episodes before. Right. Um, you binge them every that, weekend, right? Oh, sure. I, I you hold like heroin. Um, but it's like it cuts to her just getting on stage. That scene goes on for ten minutes. Of her singing and and the dude looking at Batman like I'm gonna kick this dude's ass, and of course Batman beats him up really quick. It's not a big thing, right? Um, to find and then they get the information they need and then they go after you know. But it's like, and then there's a back and forth with the Photonic Man with Ivy where it's like I I don't remember Poison Ivy being so bloodthirsty like being all right with it. And I kid you not again, there's a scene where um, we get to the end and they, you find out that the big thing is it's Swamp Thing's, part of Swamp Thing's body when he died mm-hmm. before. And they you that's the, the, the thing. That's the special thing we've been missing. So they go to get, Swamp Thing gets involved in it. But before we can get to that, there's a scene where they're fighting where if they use this serum they made, it would... It could pretty much wipe out all life on on the planet if you because you can only got one chance with it and if you do anything wrong and mess it up on in any way everybody dies so they a long fight it's just Harvey it's just Harley and and Ivy who used to be best friends and basically Harvey Harley you know loses the fight she gets captured or whatever and she's like begging uh, Ivy not to do it don't do it please please please. And I was like, I'm going to use the serum because, you know, because Earth is, you know, humans have done enough damage to plant life, blah, blah, blah. 
she says, don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. And she's like, no, you better not. Don't make me do it. And what she does is she takes off the makeup and the mask and she cries. And then Ivy sees her Mm -hmm. and she starts to cry. And then she goes, I can't do Now, this is a woman like actually, I think it really demeans women in a way to make it seem like they're that weak minded that once you cry, the other woman cries at her. That's all it takes. And then she totally changes her mind and she doesn't want to kill humanity anymore. Like that's 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 the thing that totally flips the script. Because women can't think for themselves. I mean, first she's getting told by Fatanic Man that they need to do this. He gives her some good weed. She takes that. She's all good with killing, you know, going on and doing this thing. Then she cries, and then and then that that's all she needs to change her mind and and do the right thing. She she doesn't think at all. And now Ivy's a scientist, but that goes out the window. Like she's right now, she's just an emotional, angry person, angry woman. Um. So she cried. They cry together for a couple of a couple of minutes, and then Fotanic Man comes in. They fight. There's a big battle. They can't win. And then they show Swamp Thing. He comes out of nowhere, and I'm like, "Wow!" I get excited a little bit because it's Swamp Thing. Uh-huh. Wow, you know, like it's majestic. It's big. he comes in. He says something about the Parliament of Trees. There's just you know, like there's a bit of an imbalance. Blah blah blah. And then he says, I gotta go confer with the poly- I gotta go back and, 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 uh, confer, confer with the, uh, the parliament and leaves them there like that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like he doesn't do anything. He, like the guy still has the photonic man, still has the serum, all that shit that he comes up. Do you think he's, they're gonna save that he's gonna save the day? And they don't. And then Batman, they're like, what can we do to stop him now? Since Swamp Thing's not gonna help us, what can we do? And then Batman goes, wait a minute. Um, there is something we can do to stop him. He said, and then he lights a map. He lights a, a lighter because he can burn him. He's like, he's <laughs> made out of, he's, he says something like he's made out of some, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah thing. And he's like, I know what can stop him. He pulls out the lighter, lights it up. Go to credits. I kid you not again, people. They go to credits. Yeah. And then after credits, you see Botanic Man screaming as he's burning. Yeah. That's it. The end. Yeah, that's it. Let uh, me just... We just saved everybody having to go through all that. <laughs> However, yeah. okay, go if you can, get a hold of the Blu-ray for the special features, because they actually had good... Uh, pieces in there in the special features on the Blu-ray, way better than the actual feature itself. Um, the Harley Quinn effect, was, or the Harley effect was really good, went through everything from her creation over and everything over the last 25 years. The, there was another feature on Lauren Lester in his own voice, and he goes in and talks about the Dick Grayson character and all through the animated series and everything that he's done around that. Um, and I mean, it, it was... It, I, but you know what you're telling me, right? You're saying to the audience, the best thing about this this whole thing is the extra. Absolutely. And I mean, I like the film okay, but all those problems you mentioned exist. I am not, you know, it's not a good movie. Um, but the features I really enjoyed. Like, that drives me crazy. Like, I, 
all those features you said, I would buy the feature. Give me that option that I could just buy. Or you could just wait things. a week and they'll show up on YouTube. Or wait a week and it'll show up on YouTube. I'd rather have that than don't waste my time with that. Yeah. See, I, I wish I'd just watch the features and not the movie. Cause yeah. The movie, yeah. That Lauren Lester one is really, really good. I bet. Like, there's so much history of, of the animated cartoon. Like, with the people that work behind it and all that kind of stuff. There's so much about I, it. There's so much to celebrate about it. Yeah. I almost forgot to mention, and then the sneak peek mm-hmm. at the next animated movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And, what's, and that is... Gotham, Gotham by Gaslight. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it looked interesting. So... Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I, I can't. Well, that's a great. That's and, and a great on, Batman story too. I mean, oh, I, it is a great Batman story. And on top of that, you know what really kind of pisses me off that they did this subpar cartoon, and then and then Legend Len Wein passes. Right? Mm-hmm. You would. I would. I, if they, had, it would have been so nice, so cool, if they'd actually done a great Swamp Thing Batman team up. Cartoon. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, right? Um, like, oh, it just—it's just. It's just well, thing. I mean, in the very first part of Alan Moore's run, like Batman comes to deal with Swamp Thing, like yeah. he parlays with them yeah. when part, Swamp Thing takes yeah. over the city, you know, because right. Luther tried to exterminate that, him. You know, that would be incredible—the anatomy yeah. lesson and like the few issues after that. I would love yeah, to oh see yeah, that. I would, I would, I'd love to see that. That would have been a good. It, it, it would have been so great. And a nice thing that would have happened, even when a creator who has given so much—I mean, this Len Wein has given so much, like especially people who have, you've never picked up a comic. I bet you there's a movie or two that you've watched and and enjoyed that he has contributed to for you to be able to watch that. Do you like? Do you, you know, like the Wolverine? So do you much. like the Wolverine? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you like Lucius Fox? Not so you much like, that first hey, Wolverine movie. Do you like any of the Suicide Squad cartoons? Did you did you did you like the movie at all? Do, I mean, do, was part have of you, have you heard about this book called Watchmen that he that he yeah. edited? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, he's so much he created to the medium that uh, fat cats uh, in suits are are making billions off of now. Um, that this guy did. There was also that. Yeah, um, this guy. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going no, go to go say there was that great. Uh, if you want to animate Swamp Thing, there was that great one and done um, Swamp Thing and Superman in DC Comics Presents. Yeah. Where yeah, Superman is attacked by like mm-hmm. a Kryptonian uh, floronic yeah. virus mm-hmm. of some sort. Swamp Thing has to like yeah. go into like the consciousness of Krypton to to mm-hmm. cure him. Uh, pretty pretty cool. Pretty badass. Yeah, and I, I think I mean I, he's a friend of mine, but I I still think it's a good story. There's a one and done Swamp Thing Batman thing. It, it's in the the current Batman book. It, it was a one and done um, issue that came out where uh, they team up like the whole thing with uh, Swamp Thing. They, they do a thing of Swamp Thing looking for the murder of his of his uh, father, um, and it was a cool little it's a cool little team up. I think it was a nice uh, homage. To uh, to Moore and, and and Len Wein and you know the great you know the people who have contributed like Len Wein did it he he started it off but I mean and also more that has added a lot to mm-hmm. to that character of, of oh, totally. I think it's good too yeah. so I lo- I mean it I like this guy like Len Wein 
like if we hopefully if we ever Legion stuff, if we ever we Legion of superheroes, we, which Supergirl, he's contributed to that as well. Like there X Men, he's contributed to Nightcrawler, and that, like there's different, you know, like he's he's contributed to the world of X Men, um, and Batman, and like at least the superheroes and Green Lantern. He's contributed uh-huh. to the world of Green he Lantern wrote, as well. He wrote like, one of the best runs on Green Lantern with uh, with yes. Dave Gibbons in the eighties with John John yes. Stewart. He established he created yeah. John Stewart Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is which is we wouldn't have all those great stories that I absolutely to this day still love from Justice League Unlimited if it wasn't for him making these characters. Uh-huh. Like. Like it is so much that he is uh, contributed. Like he will be missed. Like he 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 added so much to uh, to this world of, of comics and and now TV and mo- and movies based on comics. Uh, you know, like he he's given a lot. He's given more than he's gotten back. I would say that. For That's sure. definitely for sure. So sad to see him go. He died too damn young, man. He died way too young. He wasn't even 70 yet, and he died. You know, he should not be dead. Right. So, uh... Damn. Yeah. I'm sick of people dying that I like to grow up loving. That's part of getting old, Daryl. I know. They need to stop. I need the clock to stop. Nobody else died. No other singers or writers or, or actors that I like. Nobody else. Just stop. Right now, just give me, give me at least five days of not hearing anybody else, any, any, any celebrity deaths of someone that we've. Well, Billy Bats died from their work. Thanks. Yeah. Anything else? Any any other dreams you want to, you want to? Just go get your shine box. Yeah. You know what? Hold them. I'll be right there. <laughs> Hold them. Don't let them leave. Don't let them leave. On that great note, let's uh, wrap up this episode of DC TV Podcast. Yeah. You can check out Daryl and myself on Nothing's On with our good friend Donnie Salvo every week for your TV and movie uh, general coverage. You can check out Daryl and Chubb and myself during Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead on the Walking Dead TV Podcast. You can check out me, Anton, uh, Bob, John, and and Jason. As we do uh, um, Spirit of 77, Heavy Gigs in Seaside City. Yes. Episode 3 coming up soon. It's it's mm-hmm. halfway to a radio play, between a radio play and a role-playing game set in the 1970s of action movies and, uh, and TV. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, give it a listen. Give it a shot. Tell us what you think. Still uh, still percolating. It's an experiment in, uh, in, in terror. Uh, <laughs> If, yeah, I, I like it. I enjoy doing it. It's a lot of editing, but I like what, what, the way it turns out. Um, so until next next time we talk on the DCTV podcast, it'll be in about a couple weeks after we uh, get our Gotham premiere in, and we're going to be talking a lot of Gotham. Uh, we are ghosts. Good night. Thanks, guys. Everybody sing the same song. It goes tonight, 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 tonight. I never realized these artists talk so much about dying. But truth be told, we all have the same end. Could make you cry, 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 cry. But I'm telling you, this is the best news you're getting all week. Oh, sure.